So that's what's interesting about the MIU team. And we are a club team. So yeah, it's, I've only, I only know rowing to be diverse from my experience. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is, this is like what we want the American rowing star to sound like. So let's keep going. Let's keep, how can we get more, more about this beautiful rowing life? Hey listeners, this is Denise, and in this episode, Patricia and I interview Joe Victorio, who is the head coach of NYU's rowing team, and who happens to be Philippine-American. Listen to her story, and please write a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher so others can hear her story as well. Hit follow, subscribe, and enjoy. Welcome to the Rowing in Color podcast. We have Denise, Patricia, and Joe Victorio here. Joe, say hi. Hi, everybody. And Patricia, say hi. Hi. (laughs) So we're very excited for this episode. Uh, We were just talking. This is one of our first episodes featuring a non-Black person. Um, So without further ado, Joe, can you introduce yourself, your name, where you're from, ethnicity, background, etc.? Tell us everything about you. Everything. (laughs) We'll need more than an hour for that. (laughs) So my name is Joe, short for Joanne Victorio. I am from Clifton, New Jersey. Um, I'm first generation American. My parents are from the Philippines. (laughs) And tell our listeners, what do you do now? Uh, Who do you coach? Where did you start rowing? Tell us the story. Um, I coach NYU's rowing team. Yeah. Do you want to know more about like my story about rowing and getting into it. I mean, I have so many questions, but let's start okay. with how <laughs> you first got into rowing. And sure. oh, so tell our listeners, yeah, how did you get started into rowing? Because us Filipinos, we don't, we don't usually, we don't, we don't do this. So tell us, tell our listeners how you first got into rowing. Sure. So I grew up in Belleville, which is in New Jersey, and it's actually a very diverse community. And in high school, I guess I was just like a rebel. When I got into high school, I didn't want to do anything. Um, my freshman year, I was involved in nothing. And then I, one of my good friends, Jackie Lou, who we're still friends with today, and I always give her credit for introducing rowing into my life. Um, she dragged me into rowing. She's like, hey, let's join. Let's be cool. Let's join the rowing team. It's different. And, it's, and I guess the cool thing about rowing is when you're introduced to it, it's like kind of that like even platform. Like, you know, you don't grow up playing bas- like how you play basketball in your backyard or like you can pick up a ball. Like you can't just do rowing in your backyard. So we're like everyone just starts equal. So she said, let's try it for this team. And I didn't really participate in anything. And my, I, I remember joining late and my coach did not want to accept me because there's a swim test involved and I missed the swim test. She did not want to accept me at all. And I don't know what Jackie did or something. I guess she was like, just like come to practice. So I come to practice because my mom put my parents put me in swimming lessons growing up. So I had like a swim certificate, like I can swim. I'm sorry. I don't need to take the swim test. So the first day of practice, my coach was not happy with, you know, obviously I missed like, I think a week or two, but then she saw my athletic performance and she said, okay, you're on the team basically. Like you, you can come on the team, but that didn't go well. Like with my teammates was like, it's not fair. She's like, didn't suffer, you know, um, as much as we did, but I, I, I was easily accepted because with rowing. It's like, you want to, you want people to be athletic and 
And they're like, okay, we want you on our boat. So that's how I got into rowing. It was sophomore year. And then I just like wanted to be a part of everything. Like rowing introduced me to like people because I guess I wasn't as social. And then I was like, I'm going to be president of like a million clubs. And then I became like president of like three different clubs. I was just like obsessed with being social. Mm. <laughs> yeah, rowing tends to spark sort of things in us that we don't, we didn't know that we were there, but then all of a sudden we're right. doing it. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. So you said that where you where you grew up, Belleville, is pretty diverse. Was your mm-hmm. team diverse as well? My team was very diverse. Um, Tell us about that. I'm just thinking about the community and like even if I can tell you the percentage of like the demographics, but I feel like the the white was the minority. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Keep going. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I can even tell you from this day because I'm still very close with the Belleville Road community and one of my good friends is the head coach there now. Um, I'm actually wearing my shirt. Go Belleville. (laughs) Hey, there it is. Um, Yeah. So I guess with Belleville, it actually, it's a big Italian community, a lot of history. A lot of people don't leave Belleville. Um, so crew, if you joined crew, it was kind of like you were not a part of that Italian community. It was like, they found something because majority of those people did softball and baseball in the spring. Um, and then there was like, okay, well, what do we do? We don't really fit in. So I felt like that rowing welcomed everyone. There, there were white people on the team, but it was just, it just welcomed everyone. That's, you know. I wish every I wish every team was like that. That sounds great. That sounds really great. Um, I'm going to ask a question, but Patricia, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I I agree. I think rowing, at least the idea that rowing it, it, it's open to everyone, accepts everyone, is something that that's a dream team. That's the team that I think everyone tries to build. Um, and if if you have that team, that's amazing. And you need to do everything in your power, even when you graduate outside of the team and you move on with your life, to keep and preserve that. So I like I think that's amazing that you you felt that way so early on joining a team. It's not it, it didn't happen years down the line after being a varsity member, like you know starting to build that relationship. It was like I joined this team and I felt this connection as if I belonged and this was my space. And you guys made sure that everyone else felt that way as well. So I, I think that's amazing. It's beautiful. I, I wonder, Joe, if you can look back and think, I mean, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. What's one thing that your coach or your team or just everyone, what, what's one thing that Belleville did really well that other, that other rowing clubs, if there's another coach listening in Oregon or Washington or, or Philadelphia or like, or anywhere, Tennessee, if there's a coach listening thinking, I, I really need to diversify my team. I really need to make my team more inclusive and more welcoming. What's one piece of advice you would give to them, given your experience? Well, there was one thing that I did, I definitely wanted to mention, especially with coaches, because my high school coaches, they were all white. But it felt safe for everyone to be there. And they fostered it. Like they, It didn't matter what you look like, where you're from, your background they cared about character and of course athletic performance. So like they didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you look like, but like if you show up to practice every day, if you're dedicated that like, that's how you were able to get on the boat and it didn't. And they also, which like, I'm so grateful for them even to this day. Like we're still like, everybody's still in contact with them because they're amazing. 
um, they found a place, a seat for everyone. So even if you were not the most athletic, if you've never played a sport ever in your life, they just wanted people to learn how to row and gain that experience. Even if it's in a single, they, even if our, we didn't have a single part of our fleet, they acquired a single just so you can row. They did not deny anyone. There were no cuts and we were still pretty successful. So, I mean, if I were to give advice personally to anyone who wants to coach or anyone involved with rowing is to be open, you know, like be open. It's not always about what you can teach others or teach your team, but also be open to like what you can learn from other people and not be afraid to make mistakes and just learn from that. Yeah. That's a, that's uh, a really healthy environment. Patricia, you're going to say something? No. Yeah. I was just going to ask, um, did your coaching staff all originate from that area or were they spread out? Because like, I find that a lot of times when coaches come from very different backgrounds, when they get together on a team, they tend to build a healthier coaching background, like a, ho- a healthier team, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, the only reason I asked that is because I had a similar team at when, when I first started rowing where the coaches all were coming from very, they were coming from very different programs, very different backgrounds. And when they got on the team, their idea, their plan was to make it a healthy, safe team for everyone. And it only happened, I think, at least from my perspective, because they were so different, it forced them to find that balance. Yeah, so absolutely. Our, well, I guess it started with the coach. Well, I have to shout them out, Jeff and Gail Long. They're amazing. So it started with them who kind of like, they kind of build a coaching legacy because how they did create that safe space for us. And I say us because my best friends to this day are from my high school rowing team. And, and I also mentioned them because they are also coaches. And, and when I started rowing and continued to row, I will never like, like when I think of the Loms, I think of rowing and, you know, vice versa and what they did for me and for the, for the whole team that when, a, um, when I was in grad school, a coaching opportunity became available and for Belleville. And that was like, I'm giving back to my community. I want to coach. Um, and I didn't want to change like their philosophy because of how it impacted my life. And then it kind of had like a trickle down effect because then they started to see like, Oh, Wow. Joe is coaching Belleville. I like, you know, the people my age and the generations, like they wanted to get involved. So even, so we like Jeff and Gil just created like that healthy environment that we wanted to do the same thing. I mean, if we could be like half as good as them, you know, we would be happy, but like we wanted to do the same thing. And I, I want to tell you probably over 10 of their athletes became coaches or are coaches were coaches because of them. I think that's a pretty, pretty accurate metric. And I wonder, I wonder as we talk to more and more folks who go from rowing into coaching, I wonder how, how powerful, what correlations there might be between that metric of being a coach after rowing versus, uh, versus not, I mean, there are a lot of factors, but now I'm rambling, but I, I think that, I think that's a pretty, accurate metric for how influential a coach can be well it's interesting sorry to cut you off their background um they they started rowing as adults because they were parents like their son joined the rowing team and they're like oh this is interesting so they became rowers and they're still rowing to this day 
Um, so yeah, I, I think they saw the impact it had on their son and they wanted to try it. Interesting. Interesting. I hope if there are any folks who are in, uh, looking for any research to do during this time, that'll be an interesting thing to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a great side note. You, so going back to your experience, um, now this is the part where we're going to get Filipino for a little second. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so when you started rowing, what did your parents have to say about it? Cause I, and I'm just speaking from experience because when my parents heard that I was doing what my mom called the crew, when, you, <laughs> when she heard about that, she was not about that. Um, she was not happy about it. I mean, she has her own, you know, views on everything, but what, what did your parents think about it? Um, my parents, they didn't really care what I did. <laughs> Honestly, they're just Aww. like, whatever, like whatever they're, she's just like <laughs> keeping herself busy. They didn't really ask questions. Of course, they're Filipino proud. And I say that because <laughs> maybe you can relate to this, Denise, yeah. but I've always, even to this day as an adult, um, I still feel like I want to hear the words from my parents, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that they would say it to like their friends, but like yeah. to my face, mm-hmm. I feel I to this day, 30 years old, I have yet to hear like I'm like a genuine, I am proud of you that I always feel like I need to do more to mm-hmm. prove something to my parents. Mm-hmm. So when I joined crew, they're just like, whatever. Like, I feel like they don't know. I'm just going to go through a phase and they didn't ask questions. And also they both worked in the city still do. And they were not really that involved. Um, so even with races, like they didn't go to regattas, um, unless it was like local, so they just were supportive from a distance and, and it sucks mm-hmm. because like, I love my parents, but I, I want, if I want to be like a different kind of parent, I want my lifestyle to be like different if I were to be a, a parent, mm-hmm. um, because they became involved in my rowing life. I guess they saw that it became serious when I became a coach. So mm-hmm. they went to more races when I became a coach and they didn't really like see me as an athlete. So, which Mm. is really interesting. I guess they just were like, whatever. It was just something she was doing Mm -hmm. and now it's a career for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I feel like we can go on a whole tangent, but maybe we'll table it for another time with like other (laughs) Filipinos and rowing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I see that, I see that correlation with myself as well. Now, side note that just because everyone should know about this food, did your parents, did they bring lumpia to the races? They did not because, oh, yeah, yeah. So I would probably be that parent to do that. I see. I see. Yeah. All right. So if you are a Filipino parent that happened to be listening to this podcast, because you saw Filipinos were on this podcast, um, bring lumpia to a race. <laughs> please. Um, for those who don't know, lumpia is a spring roll and it's amazing and you should have it. And it's just a Filipino delicacy. I Move brought it. something to show you. Speaking <gasps> of you have banana ketchup. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yes. Lumpia or Filipino barbecue. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. You can't go wrong with it. That's the best diet. I mean, who needs a food pyramid when you have that? <laughs> right. It sounds delicious. It all sounds so good. <laughs> when we're together again, when we're like, more than six feet, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have that. Um, so going back, you mentioned coaching, uh, tell us what led you to, pa- what led, what path led you to coaching and, and how you felt transitioning from, 
from being a rower to being a coach? And were the demographics of the team that you coached the same as the demographics of the team that you came from? Yeah. So I started coaching when I was in grad school, as I mentioned before, because an opportunity just opened up at Belleville and I said, oh yeah, I'm doing this. I want to do this. And then I was just like caught by surprise because I've never been a coach before. And I'm like, what am I doing? Rowing is, I guess I never thought, realized it was that complex until you have to teach it to someone. You know, how they say like, oh, you can't have a friend like teach you how to drive because you just get like frustrated or have like, because you know how to do it already and you don't know how to teach it. You have to learn how to teach. It's yeah. interesting. So I'm like, like showing people like, I, I'm like, just do this. And it's just easier <laughs> said than done. You know, so I was in for like a rude awakening. I mean, I had to, it definitely tested my patience at first until I found my own style and groove. Um, But yeah, I got into it just because I was like, I want to give back and that opportunity became available. And then I was hooked from there and I started coaching Belleville, I think 2012, I want to say. And then I can't even count my years, but I, I was there for a few years. And then an opportunity opened up at NYU. NYU rose out of the Pacific River Rowing Association, where I row out of now as a master's rower um, in Jersey. So then an opportunity opened up and I said, okay, I'll try college. And yeah, so both communities actually are very similar. They are both very diverse. Um, I did mention about the diverse community with Belleville. With NYU, every semester we get a whole group of student athletes because um it's a big thing with NYU that they study abroad so it's like a whole new like novice team every semester and a lot of them are international students so that's what's interesting about the NYU team and we are a club team so yeah it's I've only I only know rowing to be diverse from my experience oh my gosh Wow, this is this is like what we want the American rowing story to sound like. So let's keep going. Let's keep. <laughs> how can we get more? <laughs> how can we get more about this beautiful rowing life. I guess what what pieces of advice would you give to coaches, regardless of their racial background? What pieces of advice would you give them, given the experiences that you've had, that would help them, you know, create this community, create this cr- community of inclusiveness, and not just you know, oh, like my team's diverse. Check, check, check. I check the box. But no, I'm creating this community. I'm creating this family. I'm creating a team. What advice would you give to them? I think it's just uh, being able to create a community by communication. So with like NYU, for example, they they're in and out semester to semester, different people. And when I started coaching there, some people just felt like, oh, what am I here for? I don't really know. But then when our athletes started creating this like team bonding, because they are like a club team. So they compared themselves a lot to the Ivy Leagues, especially NYU. It's a prestigious school. And they compared themselves all the time at regattas. And they knew that they didn't look like the other teams. So it's like, something about just team bonding and creating something outside of just the sport, but creating that community and and inclusivity. um, That's just really important just to do, have them do things outside of rowing that they can make fun and that they want to be there. Like social events are really important. 
What's, uh, what's your favorite social event or social or memory related to a social event that's, that you've put on? You're smiling. So I want to, I want to know what you're thinking about. No, I'm smiling because I found that particularly with NYU, our team likes to bond without the coaches. So like, (laughs) I feel like, you know, one day we'll like, have like a, a team meeting and then they're all like joking the next time about something that happened that we don't, we're not involved with. Like, you know, like not that they don't want to include the, co- you know, they're college kids. So they just want to like have their fun. But we notice like the shift in dynamics when they like, we know when things are happening, like, wow, this has been different from the last semester. These, these captains are really like taking the initiative to bring everybody together and make this team like want people to come back next semester. That's powerful. That's powerful. So the initial, the, the shared sense of agency there. Am I, mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Um, and going back to just like your favorite and your like best memories, what is your favorite memory from rowing or from coaching? Just, just so we can get like a piece of this pie of this like beautiful rowing experience that you've had. Like what is your favorite memory oh. or rowing experience that you've had? There's there's just so, (laughs) there's so many. I feel like a lot of times, like the, the best memories are the ones that you could just like be embarrassed about and laugh about. (laughs) Um, But I have so many because just coming from Belleville and my own experience and coming from coaching the experience of Belleville and NYU, like, I think the, the best memories, or I can think about now is Really, for particularly me, I like to train coxswains. I don't know why. I think because I always wish I was coxswain size. Like I have the height, but like I was, <laughs> you know, I was always just heavy. Um, so I particularly love training coxswains, and I love listening back to their recordings of the races because you know, it's like I guess I love shoving off a boat for their first time as novice and first time as coxswain and coming back and like you did it like you survived I mean I have some scary stories about when they almost like you know crash and stuff Mm -hmm. but they always come back and they always survive and they always overcome this and it it just feels good for them and for me as a coach because you could see their smiling faces after their very first race so that is just always like a feel good for me Oh, I mean, I, I, I love trading coxswains too, but as a fellow, we're not small, we're travel sized. Okay. <laughs> as a fellow travel sized person, I think <laughs> Josh, I you're travel sized too. I know. I you love are. that. I'm travel sized. I'm like a, you know, I'm a snack. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> what's it called? Like you put me in a bag and I'll go. I'm ready to oh go. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> travel sized, everyone. We're travel sized. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, but yeah, I training training coxswains is always. I mean, I know it's a nightmare for some coaches, but I I personally love it. It's it's great. Um, all right, so thank you for sharing those memories. I think I think we can all use that as like hope and inspiration for for how to create a better rowing team and how to create this experience not just for Belleville but for everywhere. Um, Patricia, what are your thoughts there? I like. I think the whole um, the whole idea, the whole concept of your rowing experience is just amazing. I think. Not met one, not many coaches who have not been coxswains themselves 
um, will say that I love training coxswains. I think a lot of coaches are just like out of their element already when the minute they're like, oh, there's a coxswain. They're just like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, learn, you know, figure it out yourself. So I think you automatically saying that's something when you're most exciting. Um, one of the things that you love about coaching is that is amazing. Um, and I think that also has to do with a lot of the team that you, the team background, like you said, that you came from was so open and so accepting of everyone that it allowed you to be an open-minded coach, I think, which is like a lot of times we think we are because we're just like, we've been doing this sport for so long. We know we're, we're always open to new ideas and new concepts, but I think rowing is sometimes so one-minded once like you only see one track, you know, like, and you, everyone has very similar game plan of how to get to that, to the end goal, that finish line that sometimes we forget that there's so many different ways we can get there. And I think you have, and you've, you've continued to keep yourself very open, very fluid. And it's kind of like, okay, well, whatever, steps I have to take with every student or coach like I have to go through that's what I'm going to do because it's it's for the benefit of my team and not for the image of the sport or for the image of the team like at the end of the day that's going to come together um but the I what the, the goal at the end of the day is to make sure my team is happy and just loving the loving the sport and I think you've had that really well packed and I think that's amazing thank you awesome all right moving I guess zooming out from your experience and I mean, you've been you've been a part of the rowing the world. Row, you've been a part of the rowing world for how many years now? Um, two thousand and five has two thousand introduced. So what? Oh my gosh, fifteen oh. years! Wow. <laughs> say, the, say the number out loud. Half yeah. my life. Half my life. Oh my gosh. So I mean, you've you've seen you've seen a good chunk of the rowing world. You've seen you've been around the block. This isn't your first time. For other coaches who don't exactly understand social issues like race or, or just social issues like diversity. Um, what do you think you, what do you, what do you, what piece of advice would you give to them or what, what, what outcome would you, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what can you tell them? What would you tell them to help them understand? Like this is something that they can relate to. And this is something that, can benefit not just not just the people who are minorities but but everyone I guess going back to what I mentioned before about being open um, a lot of times people are are afraid at least in my opinion to try something new step out of their comfort zone and afraid to fail so I think just be like be open to failing and accepting that and moving, moving forward from that. There's a lot of times where I was new to coaching and because I started so young, I think I was maybe, I don't know how old I was. I'm not going to go. Like, I just know that I was very close in age to my high school students that I didn't want them to like step all over me. I still wanted them to respect me, but at the same time, you know, they live with the internet. So there was a lot of things I needed to learn about coaching that I didn't know. And they challenged me as a coach. So I think it's just like, be afraid, like not be afraid to be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong and to not know things. You don't need to know everything just because you're a coach. Accept the challenges and learn from them. I think you're touching on, you're touching on the point of humility here. (laughs) Yeah. and, and that growth mindset and that a coach can still learn things and isn't the one with all the answers. Is that, is, am I getting that correct? Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, that goes with, I feel like with everything too, because people 
sometimes they can also be like too cautious because they're not familiar with territory, right? So if we're talking about race, they're a little too cautious with that and they're not like open to exploring that. Like get to know your athletes, you know? It's not just like, okay, we're here to row and that and that's that. There's sometimes everyone's allowed to have a bad day. So we don't know what's going on in people's lives. And I think it's just really important to get to know your athletes outside of rowing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think especially, I mean, it goes, not that coaching and teaching are exactly the same thing, but I think there are a lot of similarities. And in order to be a better teacher, you know, the relationship building is part of the, it's part of the recipe in order to, um, in order to do that, in order to deliver. Uh, With regard to being, you know, you said having a diverse team is like, all, all you've known. It's all you've known through high school. It's what you've been able to coach through college. I mean, at regattas, have you ever experienced any, any challenges being, you know, the coach have, cause I know for me, like when I would show up at a regatta sometimes and I, I would, I mean, in more than one scenario, I would have an all white team and be the coach and the referee would be like, well, where's the coach? And I'd say, <laughs> I'd say like, I'm, I'm right here. And they, I need, it's almost, a, I might as well be wearing like an invisibility cloak or something. Have you ever experienced any challenges outside of the realm of your own team, like at a regatta, being a rower of color or a coach of color? When I first started coaching all the time, I think even now, because I still look like my NYU athletes, like age-wise. But when I first started coaching high school, all the time I would get yelled at because I would walk every one of my boats down to the dock and they would tell me to get off the course. And I was like, I need, I told my athletes all the time, like, I need to start wearing a hat that just like big fat letters that says coach. I was not respected at all. Not like I know by how I look. Um, and not only just like with ethnicity, but with my age, um, of course, with height too, you know, it's just like, I didn't, I didn't look the part. Mm-hmm. I did not look the part. So I just remember I, <laughs> when I bought, um, a speed, uh, not a speed coach, um, the stopwatch because I wanted to wear around my neck all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is what a co- you know, what, what is the coach's uniform, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because I, it's, it, it happened more than five times mm-hmm. in Philly, particularly like always telling me like why uh, questioning me, why I'm on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and our memories as rowers, and I know that other people from Belleville can speak to that, we always got yelled at at, like, the starting line. They First of all, they never pronounced Belleville correctly. It was always Bellevue. I don't know why. But we knew when they said Bellevue, they were talking to us. But we were always yelled at, and our coaches knew that. Our coaches knew that, and they also, like, complained, like, hey, why are we – I always felt like we were – taught properly what to do. We were always early. We were always like near our lane, but it was just, they were never nice to us. So I don't know the reasoning for that, but yeah, I know. I'm just like going off in like my memories. No, <laughs> but- this is, this is really interesting. Can, can you, if you can extract one specific memory, I mean, you, you, you're, you're talking about, I mean, you're talking, you're hitting all these touch points and I want to just chase after all of them, but like, can you go, can you go after one memory of when when you felt like, hey, like, don't I look the part here? Like, aren't I holding an oar? Aren't I holding a stopwatch? Can you, can you just walk us through an experience like that? Well, that's what it was like specifically to me. Um, 
yeah, like I, it's just so vivid. Like when I'm walking down with a boat and I just as my coach did, she opened all our oar locks and I, that's what I was doing. And I was wearing my stopwatch. I believe I was wearing a hat that said coach. I think I, I think my, my athletes actually got me a hat that said coach on it because they knew like they would get upset for me and say like, what is their problem? You know, telling me to get off. So then I, so the coach's uniform for me was my hat that said coach on it. My jacket that said, I, people were always like, why do you put coach on everything? Cause yeah. everything I, I did that purposely because of that. And then the stopwatch, then I of course opened all the oars and I had, I made sure I carried oars mm-hmm. like because I needed to. And, and coaches like, they don't all have to do that. And we always had people like, bears to do that but like no like I was trying to prove a point so it was always that I'll never forget that going down to the course and I actually was just like oh like here we go again like I'm gonna get stopped like I remember that feeling like that you, can you tell can you tell us more about that feeling you said you remember that feeling and that your coat that in that your athletes even got upset but can you tell us more about what that felt like having to having to literally put the label on and still not be recognized for that it's funny because I didn't even remember any of this until we're talking about it. It's like trigger, triggering and not, not in a bad way because I was always a very confident person. But I was just like, what is it going to take for you to get the point? Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, it was always a white person stopping me. It was always the person who looked the part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm not taking away, like, that's what it, that's what history, like, in wrong is, it's fine, you know, yeah, but yeah. I just didn't look like that. So the feeling was just, I, I guess, like I said, I'm, I'm a confident person. So I wasn't like really upset. I just wanted to like, rub it in and throw in their faces. Like, yeah, I belong here. Like, I'm not gonna like, turn away and walk away because they're telling me to, I just kept walking with my team. A lot of times I actually just ignored them. Mm. You know, there was times where they would like, check um, you know, the control commission and check the shoe ties and stuff. And they're like, where's your coach? They would always ask like, where's your coach? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm right. There's so many times I've said like, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even consider me as a coach. Yeah. I like would like to say that you were saying it when you were telling your stories and your experiences, it was triggering my experiences Cause like I, I call my, I like, I joke around. I'm like, I have baby, like baby face syndrome. Cause I'll never look like an adult ever. Like in my life. <laughs> oh, um, baby face syndrome. <laughs> I mean, I look the same since I've been 12. So that's a I, good thing. <laughs> you know, I did see your baby picture on your Instagram. You do look very, yeah. All right. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I like, I've always said this, but I like, when you're saying this, I'm like, I remember because I've done very similar um, behaviors or actions. So I could always get the same respect that like stuff, even like I, sometimes I was like, is it cause I'm a woman? Like, cause like my male counterparts as coaches would do the same thing and they would walk onto the, onto the, uh, the dock and no one would question mm-hmm. them. I'm like, like, is it like, what happened? Like, what's the difference? I'm like, some of them were younger than me at the time. And I'm like, I know I'm young and I look young, but you have students and athletes who are responding to the commands I'm giving them why do you like why are you not understanding the relationship that's happening between like I'm a coach and they're athletes like how did you not see the relationship when everything like there's a coxswain already there but I'm like over there holding oars and I'm I'm over there telling the kids how to move the boat and like telling the coxswain what to do and you still 
assume that I'm not, I don't belong in that space or you're quick to tell me to get off the dock. Like there were, when, when there were people who I've seen get on the dock and should not be on the dock, but no one calls them out. But then here I am a coach supposed to be there helping my team onto the, onto the water. And you're just like, no, you can't be here. Oh no, this is an, or, or there'd be this weird excuse of like watching everything I did with the team as if this wasn't a space for me. So like you're saying this and I'm just like, oh my God, I forgot for like a split second, you know, what racing season experiences I had to deal with. Like as much as I love my teams, and I love the kids and I was always excited. I remember my kids going, oh my God, like, why are they being so like, why do they, why are they calling you out? Like you belong here. That's my, co-. or the kids all yelling at once going, that's our coach. That's our coach. And mm-hmm. like, I remember this and I'm like, well, I imagine what they are feeling in that moment when an official's calling their coaches out, like you don't belong here. It's like, in a sense, I feel like you're telling the team that they don't belong here because this is, I'm, I'm the one who trains them and I've gotten them here. So if you're saying I don't belong here, what do you say about them? You know? And so it was such, it was such a weird environment. So when you say this, I'm like, Oh my God, I remember for like what I went through, what I'm still going through. Cause I still have baby face syndrome and that's not going anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That just reminded me about the same thing about going down to the dock because I was always there for every boat to pick them up. And something that I take pride in and because of what my coaches taught me, we were always the fastest to get off the dock. Like it, it's something that I was like, we're going to do this. And that's when people started to recognize us because they actually gave us kudos all the time because I'm like 15 seconds, get out, let's go. No talking. Like we're off this dock. We don't like, we're going to talk when we get back to the trailer. Like that was just like our style. Like we don't need to be on the dock celebrating anything. If we won or whatever, we'll do it when we get there. Like that sportsmanship, but let's, we're here for business. And that was when we started actually getting recognized because we were so quick. We were just so quick and they're like, whoa. And they actually, we've received a lot of compliments from Doc Masters because of that. And that was something that our coaches pushed on us like, hey, no funny business on the dock. Oh my God. I never heard 15 seconds. I mean, my coaches always told me like two minutes, but 15 no quick i'm like i'm timing you we always did it like we no fooling around like we get out in the water and we come back quick oh my god i can't even warm up my dinner in 15 seconds (laughs) (laughs) so short that's so impressive um that's that's really great i and and kudos to you and kudos to your team for for i guess i don't want to say putting up with that because no one should have to put up with that but for handling it with grace, handling it with, with you know, your, your own performance and the way that you can perform, like handling, handling it with your actions as opposed to handling it in a lot of different ways that, you know, a person could. Um, and thank you for sharing that. That's, I think triggering is definitely a, a word that will <laughs> best describe that. So moving on from that, what advice would you give to, to I mean, this is our first episode with a Filipino, which I'm super proud about. (laughs) What advice would you give to young people of color, specifically Filipinos, Filipinas, Filipinixes, um, who are currently rowing or, or thinking of starting coaching? What, what advice would you give to them, especially the travel sized ones? Shout out to the travel sized ones. Oh, besides um, eating a lot of lumpia? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the secret. That's, that's what makes you go fast. Although, I mean, as a coxswain, maybe, you know, maybe not. But go on, go on. I think something that I find, particularly with Filipinos, at least with within like my family and how I grew up, it was like, 
we don't really stop anything that we start. So, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) how I mentioned when I got into high school freshman year, I didn't involve myself with anything. But then when I was introduced to rowing, it just kind of like escalated everything in my life that I wanted to do. So it's like, if you're going to get into something, go into it and give everything that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know I keep saying this about like not being like afraid to be wrong because I feel like I, that was me. Like I wanted perfection because that's with my background. I wanted someone to be proud of me. I wanted this. And, and I had to really accept being wrong and accept failure to like be successful. Not that I'm like super successful (laughs) right now, but I just feel like you just have to put like your energy to it. There's times where I didn't sleep because I'm like, I want, I want to not only gain respect, like in rowing, as a coach and as a rower, but you just, you get what you put in, I think. That's powerful. That's powerful. And I think you're absolutely right with the, you know, Philippines. We don't, we just don't know how to stop. I mean, a buffet, a <laughs> food for cool. sure. <laughs> we just That's don't true. know how to stop. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Any, any, any last words for our listeners? Ooh. I can go on and on. Ooh, tell us. No, I mean more so stories because I feel like I feel like my advice is just like always the same about that, like the whole failure part. But um, no, I just want to give the listeners just words of like encouragement. You know, just go go out there rowing. This is what I do love about rowing is it is that sport where anybody could just pick it up. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter. Not even just race, but like your age, it it just doesn't matter. And I, I want, I want to expose rowing to everybody and I encourage everybody to do it and not be intimidated by it, even though I'm still intimidated by rowing in a single, but (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there's, there's, there's always a time. There's always a time. I mean, I have, but I think just because I don't want to go out in the Pasig River, but <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that's a different, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, if folks want to reach out to you, how can they get in touch with you or follow your journey? Do you have an Instagram or Twitter handle? Yes, um, Instagram Joanne Victorio, J O A N N E V I C T O R I O. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, if if uh, if folks who are listening, um. If you want to follow Joe and her story and hit her up on the IG, uh, you have her handle. And Patricia, any last words to add on on this interview? No, I think it was really fun, like, interviewing. I think it's such a different perspective. I love that, like, your team was just so open. And I think that's – you're the perfect example of what rowing should look like and feel like. And you should walk away proud of who you are and, like, where you come from. So I think it was just – it was fun. It was really fun listening to everything. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Rowing in Color. Please remember to follow or hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're on Instagram, please follow us at Rowing in Color. We really appreciate it. Just as much as we appreciate you. So this is Denise. And Patricia signing off. Stay safe, everyone.